Welcome, friends, to the Soul Talk podcast, a show where we explore and uncover the path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey and learn from their experience and different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. Hi, everyone. This is Monica Ramirez, Warrior of Love, and we're in Soul Talk. And today we have a, a, one of my coaches and someone that I, I really admire. Her name is Kelly Woodhouse Falafeld. I hope I, I say it right. And uh, I have a little bit about her. She's going to tell you more who she is. Kelly, uh, she's a burn survivor since uh, the age of two. And her 75% of her body was burned. She find a way to, from near death to success, from the ugly scars faced girl to the text talk stage, fiercy woman uh, of the of the year, five best uh, selling author in Amazon best selling strategist, and she helped authors to actually publish their books and become the best selling authors. And she's going to be talking to us about that, Kelly. Really, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it that you accept my invite to Soul Talk. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be on your show. So thank you for having me. Thank you, Kelly. Kelly, how did you do it? From, from, tell us about, about your story. How did you did it from being a, um, a burn survivor to become the best-selling author and TED Talk. Tell us a little bit about about that experience. How do you did it? How do I do it? You know, it's um, it's interesting because I look back at my life and I think, how did I do it? <laughs> you know, and because to me, I just did it. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like I had a plan or anything. It was just, you know, whatever I set my mind to, I do it, right? It's, um, I don't, I don't know why. It's, it's just been crazy that way. Um, but, you know, I think it was because I always felt I had a purpose. I just didn't know what it was. And I remember my grandpa was telling me, because when I got burned, I was only two years old. And we lived on a farm, and my cousins were throwing shingles in the fire, and a spark came out and landed on my dress. And I exploded, and I ended up in the hospital and for four months. And then every two years, till I was 20 years old, I would have to go in for more surgeries and I would spend a month of my summer holidays in the hospital. And I remember when I was in grade five and I walked past my teacher's desk and someone had drawn a picture of me and it was a circle with scribbles all over it and it said Scarface. And I knew that that's what the kids were calling me, the Scarface girl. And then when I was about 16, I remember praying to God and I said, dear God, Please don't make me wake up in the morning. But if I have to, can I at least be scarlet so I can be pretty like all the other girls? You know, thank you. Amen. And of course, I woke up in the morning. And of course, the scars were still there. And of course, I was devastated because I was thinking, well, my doctor can't take my scars away. God can't take my scars away. Like, I'm going to be the ugly girl forever. And so I never believed that I would ever be anything but ugly. But I always dreamed. I was like, I was that little girl that sat under the tree who would imagine what my life would look like. 
I always imagine that I have the handsome guy that I would be happy and you know it would just I would just do that and even now to this day I'm still always visualizing what I want my life to look like and so I think that that was a big part of it was that I never gave up on myself I didn't quit and there was many times I wanted to believe me I there's many times that I wanted to quit but I just knew that I had a purpose I didn't know what it was I just knew that there was a purpose and I was wondering why why did God want me to get burnt right like why did this happen to me and I remember when I was about 18 I was going through a period in my life where I wanted to know why I'd lived and I actually went and I got hypnotized so that I could go back to the day that I got burnt and so I went back to that day and then what happened is I found out from my mom that I had actually almost died in the operating room. And so I wanted to know why, why did I live? Right? Like, why did I live? Well, how did I get brought, brought back to, to life? You know, when you think about back in 1968, two years old, you know, and you know how big a two year old is Monica, right? They're yeah. tiny. Right. And I lost, I think I lost, I went 16 pounds or something like I was so small and and I thought why did I live and so when I was hypnotized we went back to that day when I had died on the operating room table and so there was me above my body with a little gray fuzzy thing it looked like a brain so I just assumed that that was my god and we were having a conversation and we were talking about why I wanted to live or why I should live. And I remember him saying to me, you're too young to die. And I was like, okay, well, what, what does that mean? What does that look like? Right. And so we had this conversation and we were talking about, you know, why I needed to live. And so I, I realized that there was a greater purpose for me. I didn't know what that purpose was. I just knew that eventually I would find out what my purpose was. And basically what I found out down the road was that my purpose, I am here to live through all these challenges that I've lived through so that I can teach other people how to persevere and how to overcome all the odds and how to still feel beautiful, even though they may think that they're, they're ugly. And so I believe that I'm a messenger of hope and love. I like that because I, I believe that you are definitely you 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 give hope to people that they've been planning to do, to become a, an author and actually they just dream about it everybody dream and many people dream to do their their books but they don't even know how to start Or how do you want to become the bestseller? Like that's in their dreams to become the bestseller author. And you do that to people. I do. Yeah. And in fact, it was interesting because about 11 years ago is when um, I became a speaker. And Trimaine Hammond, who was my mentor, she said, Cal, you need to sell that business you're in and be a speaker. And I said, I'm a burn survivor. So what? You know, it doesn't make me special. And it, and she said, no, people will be inspired by your story. And at that time in my life, I was in a toxic marriage. 
you know, neither one of us were being very respectful to our, each other. Um, and that wasn't going to get any better. I was in a dead end job. I had a business that was bankrupting us. And I did not see myself as being inspirational. I saw myself as a loser. And so when she saw me as being a speaker, I said, I don't understand that because I don't see that in myself. I see myself as a loser, not as an inspiration. And she said, no, Cal, come on, I'm going to get you on a stage and we're going to get you speaking. And sure enough, that's what she did. And she found an event for us to speak at. And I remember coming home to my and saying to my, he's now my, my ex-husband, but I remember saying to him, I'm going to be a speaker. And he said, well, who's going to listen to you? And yeah. how are you going to do that? And I was like, I don't know, but it's going to happen. And so th I went back to that conference the next day and met this lady who then became my speaking coach. And what was so cool about that is that once I hired her as a coach, then she says to me, okay, Nicole, now that you're a speaker, you now need to be an author. And I'm thinking, oh my God, how, how do I write a book? I don't know how to write a book. Cause at that time I didn't, I thought writing a book meant spending years and years writing a book at the typewriter, you know, and I'm thinking, I can't write a book. And she goes, well, you're going to have to write a book. And so basically what I did is I just started writing and I just wrote and wrote and wrote. And then a couple of my friends said that they would edit my book for me. And so they helped me, you know, edit my book. And then, you know, I had a cover made, a friend of mine made my cover for me. And then we just put it up on Amazon. But actually, no, that I had a, a publisher here in my own city and they printed the book for me. But then what happened is six months later, another girl says to me, Kel, now that you have a book and you're a speaker, you need to be a best-selling author. Because when you're a best-selling author, then you get higher fees, more credibility, you get on bigger stages, you're more in demand and people want to hire you. And I was like, well, I don't know how to do that. And I'm thinking a best-selling author means I have to sell 10,000 books. And I'm thinking, I don't have 10,000 friends. <laughs> you know, I like, I don't know how I'm going to sell 10,000 books. But then what happened is I learned that with Amazon, you don't have to sell 10,000 books. You just have to get into the top 100 of your category. And so when I figured that part out, then I was like, okay, well, this is easier. I can, I can do this. And that was how I, you know, started my journey of becoming a best-selling author. Yes, for the ones that don't know, I participated in a book in Canada and uh, with Kelly and Cory Poirier, that they're, both of them are amazing, and we became the best-selling authors. So I know by experience that, uh, that it is possible. And I yeah. never imagined that any of my works are, were going to become, even if I had participated in many anthologies over here, they no one even know that existed <laughs> anthologies that I participated here, and this one actually uh, it became one of the best selling uh, books in Amazon. <clears throat> I have a question for you, Kelly. Um, what is your why? You get up in the mornings. What is that? That is that is a very interesting question that I would like to know from you. 
the why oh my god you know and that is such a great question monica i love that question there my why my why has changed i've i've had there's been whys like there's been like surface whys like on the surface you know of course my kids right i've got three beautiful kids and um you know i remember this is this is a story um, this was probably about eight years ago, and I was in a really, really dark place. So my my husband had started the, the divorce proceeding. Um, one of my friends committed suicide. I got into a car accident. I um, finally got my own place after my divorce. And then my, my business, actually, I had no bookings. I had no money. I was like, credit cards were maxed. I was just like, what am, what's going to happen? Like, I don't understand, right? Got my own place. So all my bills had tripled. And I was thinking, what am I going to do? And I was in a really, really bad spot. And I remember I had my iPad and I was sitting on the floor on the end of my bed. And I was searching how to end my life. And I had three conditions. One was my kids couldn't find me. I didn't want my kids to find me dead. It had to be painless and it had to be final. And somehow I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find any way to end my life that way. And I thought, okay, I can't end my life. There has to be a way. There has to be a way out of this mess. There has to be, what is it? What is it? And I was just searching and searching and I was like, what do I, what can I do? And I thought about my kids. My kids, if I'd ended my life, they would blame me. I mean, they would blame themselves, right? And my kids at times can be very sensitive. So I know that they would be very hurt, right? Like my one son said to me, mom, if you ever die, I'm going to kill you. And I said, yeah, but then I'd be dead. And he goes, I know, but I do not want to live without you. <laughs> you, you have to live. And I'm like, okay <laughs> you know and then I thought of my mom right and how she would blame herself right she would say she didn't do enough to help me I thought of my sister and my sister would say if Kelly needed money why didn't she ask me I would have given her some money my ex-husband he probably would have blamed himself because you know we were fighting so much at that time and I just thought this is not right I have to find a way out and so I ended up meeting a lady who decided she was going to coach me and she says to me Kelly why don't you value yourself and I said what do you mean why don't I value myself I value myself I'm a speaker I share my story you know at schools and women's conferences I value myself and she goes no you don't and she said don't call me back until you know what value is and I was like what is value and in my world I'm the oldest so I'm thinking well, I'm supposed to be the best. I'm supposed to have the most money. I'm supposed to be, you know, the strongest of all my siblings. I'm supposed to help my siblings. And yet my siblings were all helping me. And so I thought it's not about money. And then I thought, okay, my book is being used in Africa to teach teenage girls about self-esteem. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's incredible. You know, and one of my other friends, I taught him how to become a best-selling author. And now he's teaching people 
how to write books and become best-selling authors. And I thought, oh my God, that's cool, right? All these people are getting their stories out to the world. And then I reconnected a friend of mine from high school with his family. They thought he was dead. They hadn't seen him in 23 years. And they were thanking me that I was able to connect their son back and bring him back into their lives. And I, I wrote all this stuff done down. And in the morning, I read it. And I had written it in third person. So I read everything I wrote. And I emailed it off to my coach. And I said, and I said, who is this chick? I've got to know her. She's an incredible woman. And that trick was me. Right? But we, we tend to place so much value on money. And so what I realized is one of the reasons I get up in the morning is because I know my story is impacting so many people. Right? And that's one of my whys. My second why is that, um, and this is, i I think you may have heard this story, Monica, and I'm not sure if you have or not, but this summer, um, I, I, and this is a real deep why for me. And this summer, I, I had to basically drop my business and I had to go to Victoria to go be with my cousin. My cousin um, was struggling with liver cancer and he had it for four years and they basically said, these are his final days. And so I, I basically called my cousin's wife and I said, do you want me to come? And she said, yeah, absolutely. And I said, okay, I'll be on the road in 30 minutes. And uh, I, I had just left my boyfriend's house. So I had my clothes already packed still. And so I, I just grabbed some food and, you know, put some gas in my car and I started driving and I had a 12 hour drive. And, you know, my, my boyfriend tried to stop me. He phoned me about an hour and, and he said, you know, where are you going? And I said, well, I'm going to Victoria to be with my cousin. He goes, well, come back home. We'll put you on a plane and we'll fly you there. And I was like, no, I can't do that. I have to go. I'm, I'm driving. And so I, I drove almost all night to go and, you know, get to my cousin. And uh, a couple of days later after I was there, the nurse or the doctor came to tell us that my cousin wasn't going to make it. And that he basically only had days and maybe weeks left. And my cousin said, he was begging the doctor, please do everything you can to keep me alive for three more months. I have a book to finish. And uh, the book isn't done. And he passed away uh, in September. And uh, that is my deeper why, because I don't want to see anybody die with a book inside of them, right? We all have our stories, and our stories are meant to teach other people, right? We all have this story, and that's why we have to live this crazy life that we're in. <laughs> you know, a lot of times we see ourselves full of challenges and full of you know, stuff that we don't want to deal with or is really difficult. You know, I've, I've lost a baby even and I've had pre-cancer and I've had to go through so much stuff. And the last thing I want to see is, is somebody not sharing their story because your story is going to impact other people. And so that is one of my whys why I wake up in the morning is because I don't like 
people to die without a, with a story inside of them. This actually moved me a lot because last night, actually, my mom is dying. She's in the hospital. And uh, and one of my friends asked me, what was my biggest fear? And I thought really deeply about that. And I told her, it's not that my mother is dying, that because she's 89 years old, she's being very ill and so forth. That is that I... I have been an artist, so I have more than, for 40 years, so I have more than 400 paintings. And and I told her that it, when I died, because this is getting a lot of mirror reflect with my mother, right. that I just been forgotten and that my artwork ended in a garage sale. And uh, and that's that is the scariest thing that I didn't did anything. And uh, that I just pass on, and that's it. And uh, that just happened last night, so this actually moved me. Uh, because Did you pass away? Your mom passed away? Well, we're in weeks or... or no, I don't think even going to be many months. I don't oh, think... Oh, no, so there. sorry. So, yeah. yeah. It is... So, but many things are just flourishing, and that's why this this moved me. And in her art, at least I, I know, because she's been an artist herself, she's going to be, um, she's going to be known for her art. She left something behind to help yeah. others or things like that. But that was one of my biggest fears, uh, that we need to do something. What is our whys? Where yeah. we do what we do, and that is an important one. It is. It's so important. Yes, I see you also uh, that uh, you help in the authors to become the best-selling authors. Can you uh, give us a little explanation? I know you teach classes to groups and uh, and coaching one-on-one, and that's a big yep. explanation. But at least tiny, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> about what I do, about how, how I, I do that. that. So, yeah, so basically, um, you know, I coach people to to write books. And I have a, a formula that I teach people. And so I teach them the seven steps on how to publish a book. And then um, I also teach them how to become best-selling author because some people want to be a best-selling author. And so then I'll take them further with that. So um, do you have anything more specific that you want me to share with the audience? Yes. What is the difference um... I have many friends here that they are uh, publishing their books. I work with different uh, authors here, poets, storytellers, et cetera, et cetera. Because I, I, mean, um, I belong to many groups over here uh, regarding that. And I find publishers and I find uh, also Amazon. But what is the, what is the difference between that, the going with a publisher, with a local publisher, or Amazon just going and publish your book or going with you? What do you give extra to them? Okay, so there are different some different types of publishers. So there's self-publishing, and that's where you basically, you know, do all the work yourself, okay? So you write the book, you, you get it edited, you get a cover made, and then you can put it up on Amazon, and then you can sell your book. So that is the easiest way. And you can do a book in a weekend if you like. Right. So that's what's really cool about 
um, working with like self-publishing. Now, then there's also what we call traditional publishing. Now, a traditional publisher is like Hay House and Random House, and they are like the big six. And so they're very difficult to get your book published with them because they're so big. They want you to have a following. So they want you to have like a million followers. You know, they want you to have a big, big story, a big, big everything. Right. And then they, they will help you and they will, but they will also own it. Okay. So they're going to own some of the rights to your book. And the other thing is they will also give you an advance, but then you, you only get, I think it's like, it can be anywhere from five to like eight or 9% of the book royalties go to you. The rest go back to the, the traditional publisher. Okay. Now let's say they give you a $10,000 advance. Well, you don't get any more royalties until you've paid back that $10,000. Okay. In royalties, then you start getting royalties again. Okay. Um, they also expect you to do your, the book marketing. So they expect you to be on the road, marketing your book, doing the book tours, doing all that. And that money, that all comes out of your pocket also. So they don't just go and set up a book tour for you and say, okay, here you go. You have to do a lot of the work yourself. Okay. And they're extremely hard to get into. And it can take anywhere from one to two years before your book gets published. So it's very difficult process. Then there's what we call a hybrid publisher. And that's, some, that's more like what I am. So a hybrid publisher is where we help you do everything. So we hold your hand and we help you get your cover made. Like I, when people work with me, I have a designer I use. And so then we design the cover for you. Um, we help you write your manuscript. We, we give you access to editors. Some people already like include editing in their package and some people don't. Right. Um, and then we will put your book up on Amazon for you. And sometimes people will put them up on different, different, um, like Barnes and Nobles and that sort of thing. Right. So the cool thing is that we basically hold your hand and help you every step of the way. And you still own all the rights to your book. And you still make all the royalties. So when people pay me to coach with me, I don't own it. You own it. And I don't take any royalty fees. Whereas I do know that there's some hybrid publishers out there who will say, yes, I will help you. But I also want a dollar a buck or something like that. And I don't do that because I want you to have all the royalties. My goal is just basically to help you get your book done and get it published. And then what I do is if you want to be a bestselling author, my team will actually do the bestseller launch for you. So we will create a website so people can go and buy your books there. And then from, with that website, then once we have a minimum amount of orders, then we go and we input those orders into Amazon. And then my team monitors the Amazon list so that you can get into the bestseller list. So that's what we do. Yeah. That is very cool. And also, do you work with, in other languages, like in Spanish? Well, all we need for that is just translators. So if I, I haven't had anybody that needed that, but if they did, I would definitely be able to help them because then I would just find someone who 
is um, is a tra- Spanish and English translator. And then we just translate the book into Spanish. And then you would have an English book and a Spanish book. So, Like here, the, the groups that I belong in, uh, where I live, is a big community of, um, of writers, but they write in Spanish. Okay, cool. And what they were asking me yesterday, uh, because I, we had an event um, of a launch of a book, and they were telling me, but did she publish in Spanish or only English? And it's like, you know, that's a question that I have to ask to, to Kelly. Because yeah. they don't have the version in English. They only have the version in Spanish. Right, yeah. I typically work with people in English because that's all my clients are English-speaking. But I do know, like, some of my clients have actually, like, one of my clients, she just had her book translated into Spanish and Japanese because she found out that a lot of Japanese people were buying her English book. So she thought, well, why don't I get it translated into Japanese? And so that's what she's doing right now is getting her book translated. So, but yeah, definitely all it means is just having your book translated. So definitely, you know, I can get translators involved or to do it. Uh, and uh, But what I'm saying is they already have it in Spanish and that's, they wanted to publish in Spanish. They want to do it in Spanish, yeah. Yes. And they already they already did it in Spanish. They don't yeah, have, they already did it. Oh, they did it in Spanish so now they need it in English. They just wanted to publish. Right. Okay, and yeah. And as far as I know, yeah, for sure. You can still put a Spanish book up on Amazon. That's not a problem. Okay. okay. They're going to be listening, so I'm glad. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. So what is the benefit of becoming a bestseller? Yes. Versus just a published author. So the benefits are you, if you're like a coach or if you're a speaker, like, for example, when I became um, a bestselling author and I was a speaker, I was able to up my fees. So my fees doubled because I became a bestselling author. Um, it gave me more credibility. So, um, and the other thing is it just makes me look as an even bigger expert. So when you're an author versus a best-selling author, then people see you as even more of an expert because you're now a best-selling author and not just an author. They're both important, but we, if someone, if an event planner, for example, is looking to hire you to speak at their event and they see somebody that's got, um, a published book or somebody that's a best-selling author, they may choose the best-selling author over the pub- just the published author. Hmm. I remember Cody mentioning in one of the classes that I, I, I'm taking with him that when you write a book, you, you become an authority figure and uh, just because you publish a book. And that's what it's going to give you all these gigs. If that is true. Yeah, absolutely. Even just writing one book and publishing it is going to make you an authority figure. We, for some reason, we just love, we just, we just, it's interesting. We just love authors and best-selling authors. We just think that that's such an accomplishment that someone has become a best-selling author. And so we see them as more of an authority figure than someone who doesn't have a book at all. So um, I've even seen it where one of my, um, I, I had to speak in Phoenix at an event. And so the event planner, she, um, I sent her what my name, what my title was. So I said, Kelly Falardo, 
multiple TEDx speaker, seven-time best-selling author, burn survivor. They trained my title. When they were introducing me to the thousand people that were at the event, they went and they said, we even have a multiple TEDx speaker, seven-time best-selling author, Kelly Filardo, here to speak to us. They, they were just really adamant about making sure that everybody in the audience knew that I was a TEDx speaker and a multiple best-selling author, right? So it just, it just made me look like I was that much more credible than the people who weren't. Hmm. I have another question. I discovered through you that there were different kinds of editors. I did not knew that one. And uh, like the content editor and the 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 one that uh, the editor that put you the points and commas and so forth, but there were different kinds of editors, and uh, and that's something that I would like to to talk with you, so you can explain better the kinds of editors that exist. That also do uh, if someone wants to edit their book, they can go to yeah. book and you have all that people working with uh, with you. And this is very important if you're planning to publish a book. It is. It's very important because your editing is where you need to spend the money. Okay. And the reason being is because your editor is going to come to read your book with a fresh set of eyes. Sometimes they don't even know your story at all. So they can pick out the holes. Like they can pick out where you need to fix your story. And an editor, they want to look you, make you look good. That's what an editor wants to do. An editor wants to make your book sound amazing. So a lot of people are scared of editors because they think an editor is going to change their content and change the meaning of their story. But what they're actually doing is they're trying to make it so that anybody reading it is going to understand what you're saying. And a lot of times, us as authors, we when we are saying something or reading something or writing something, we already know what we're going to say next because we've already written it and we're so close to our story. So we don't know when somebody's not going to understand it. So the, there's a couple of types of editors. So one is a proofreader. So the proofreader is more of the person that is just going to fix typing mistakes and grammar mistakes. And they're basically making sure everything sounds good. Right. Then there's a development editor, and the development editor is the person who works more with the flow, more with the character development, more with the story development. They're the one that'll say, you know what, chapter 12 should actually be chapter six. So they get deeper into the content. And so um, that is why you want to have an editor, because the editors, they want to make you look good. And they want to make it so your book, everybody can read it and understand it. Because I know there's been times when I've read a sentence and then I go back to it later and I said, oh my gosh, somebody could have thought I meant this, but I really meant this, right? Because that's the big problem with, with the way we write. We already know what we want to say. And so sometimes we're not always good at it, right? Yeah. So it's always good to have an editor because they want to make us sound good. <laughs> I have to get one of those. Yes. <laughs> and I have another question for you. How long it takes to finish a, a full book uh, from beginning to end? 
Well, you know, that all depends on the, the person, like the author. So I've seen some of my clients have had a book done in like two, three weeks. And wow. then I've had other clients that take three months, a year. Like I've got some clients that are just taking forever to write their book because they, life gets in their way, right? And they have other things that are just more important than writing a book. So that all depends on the author. But I would say the average person is anywhere from three to six months. That is, I think, the average. Right. I, um, and also, I know that you coach people in groups and one-on-one to become the best-selling author. And also, you're uh, helping them also to become the TED stock, right? What programs do you have right now? So... I do coach people. So I have some different programs. So I coach people to, um, to write and publish their books. And I have like, I have a 120 day program. And then I also have a one year program, which is my high end program where I take them right from, you know, a blank canvas to actual best selling author. And then I have, um, Yeah. And then I have some shorter programs for some people that want to get it done in like 90 days or 120 days. So, um, and then I have some one-on-one coaching programs. So, you know, people can work with me at one-on-one where they're just like, Cal, I don't want to be in a group program. I just want to work with you one-on-one to get my book done. And some people are really committed and they're like, okay, I'm going to get this done in three months. And others are like, no, I'm going to take a year, whatever that may be. Um, yeah. So, Those are, those are my key things that I like to do. Um, coaching people to do TEDx, I always refer people to Corey Poirier because he's the expert at that. And you and I, you know, both have great experience with Corey. And he actually helped me to land two TEDx talks in one year. So I love Corey's program because it worked for me. And um, I know he's got a huge heart with a big, you know, big heart and soul. And so I just love referring people to him. I could do it. And I have done some, you know, speaker training, like teaching people how to do it. Um, but I prefer to stay in the book world. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, 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 Corey, I have been taking classes with Corey and Corey's amazing. And I, I'm working in one TEDx talk for myself. Yeah. Right And hopefully that lands soon. But there is always that fear is, oh, my God, going out in public in a big stage and so forth. There is those things. But, well, it's a new challenge that we can put to ourselves. Yeah. Um, when is your next class um, that you're going to have in group? My next class. So my next one. We're going to be in January. So end of January, we're going to put on another best-selling author mastery live event, which is a three-day event that we love to do. And um, yeah, and that one is, it's an awesome program because it's a, it's where we go through everything. And so people love that because it, it just gives them tons of information and then they get to decide because some people too, they want to be podcasters and some people want to, be coaches some want to be TEDx speakers and so that's why we also have a variety of speakers that come in I um, mean then in February it will be our next um, commit to your message event and that's a three-day event where we actually like we just did it uh, two weeks ago we just did it or was it last week anyways 
for three days and I give everybody like a workbook and we work through what their what their uh, chapters are, what their bio is going to be and and what their why is and what kind of book they want to write. And then we actually had them writing in the whole three days. So they actually, some people got like three, four chapters done just in that three days. So it was really cool, a lot of fun. And, and the way I did it too, I did it with Google Docs. So I could actually see what they were writing. So, <laughs> so it really helped them to stay accountable. And so that really helped too. So yeah, so January is when I'll be doing my next class. Hopefully the next class I am there. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. We got to have you there. <laughs> How do you see yourself in five years, Kelly? Because you're already at TEDx Talk. You're already uh, at several TEDx Talk and also a published author, the bestseller author. Where do you see yourself in five years? I see myself living on an island. <laughs> <laughs> we all. With my cabana boy. and. <laughs> Um, you know, it's interesting because every time people ask me that question, I actually don't know what to say because, you know, when I look back 10, 11 years ago, when I first left my husband, I never, ever thought like, cause you know how people are, they say, you know, what are you going to do in five years? What are you going to do in 10 years? And what are your goals? What do you want to achieve? And I never, ever thought that I would have a documentary about my life story. I never thought that I'd be skydiving with my kids. I never thought that I'd be a seven-time best-selling author. I never thought that I'd be coaching people to be, you know, to be best-selling author. Like, I, I did not see myself doing any of that. And so it's really hard for me to say where I see myself in five years. But, you know, right now I've got a, a great new guy in my life, and he calls himself my cabana boy. And so <laughs> even though I live in probably one of the coldest countries, and so we don't have a good summer, but, um, but anyways, we have a lot of fun. And so I just see myself, you know, coaching more people. And I actually see myself teaching people what I do so that they can then coach people. And so, yeah, that's pretty much where I see myself. Uh, I see myself doing a lot more keynote speaking again, because I love it. Uh, with my documentary, So Beautiful, I want to get that out there in a bigger way and, you know, just get that whole message out there in a, in a bigger way. So, yeah, I don't have any set in stone plans other than just to enjoy life and start doing more fun stuff that I love. So, Do you have any other advice that you would have liked to give to the authors? Just get started. Just get started. Uh, that question just brings me right back to my why with my cousin. And, um, you know, how devastating it is that that book didn't get done. And just get started. There's always somebody that can help you. And, you know, even if you don't know what to write, just, just ask yourself one question. And that one question is, what does my heart say? And whatever is the first thing that comes to your mind, just start writing. You can organize it later, but just start writing. Um, the other thing that I would do is say is think about who your reader is. Who do you want to help? So, for example, when I was writing the Still Beautiful book, I will never forget that one time I was at, you know, I was at a New Year's party with a, 
an old high school buddy of mine. And she was telling me, she said, you know, Cal, like, I don't feel beautiful anymore. Right? Like, I'm not as skinny as I was in high school. And I feel like I'm old and I've got lots of wrinkles now. And of course, I'm, you know, I, I put on 50 pounds and, you know, I just don't see myself as beautiful. And yet my husband can't tell me, stop telling me how beautiful I am. And I just want to see what he sees. And I said, I said, you know what, you're gorgeous. Like, why are you putting so much pressure on yourself? But anyways, when I was writing the Still Beautiful book, I was imagining her sitting in front of me. And what I was doing is I was saying to myself, okay, what are 10 things I'd want to tell her? So I picked out 10 things that I would want to tell her and I wrote it down. And then what I did is those 10 things became my chapter titles. And then from there, I took those chapter titles and then I just started writing. And that was how I started. And so I just encourage every single one of you, imagine that person that you want to help sitting in front of you. And say to yourself, what are 10 things I would tell her or him? And that becomes the start of your book. Those are great advices, guys, that you should follow. And so like that, you can start writing your book. Because it is important to be listened, to be heard, to actually to express yourself. We all have a message. We all have a story to, to tell. And it is important for all of us to actually say it and exactly. to, to leave something behind when we're done uh, in this timeline and uh, and before we end Kelly I would like to ask you do you have a, do you have a last message that you would like to give about your coaching or about any of your classes or whatever you're doing well you know I do a free gift for all your listeners so If your listeners would like, I have a blueprint and the blueprint is how to publish a book in seven easy steps and it's free. And so um, they can go to sevenstepsauthor.com and I'll put it in the chat. Um, and they can download the free blueprint there and that's the seven steps to publish a book. And then what you can also do if you want, is that your listeners are welcome to get in touch with me. There's a, a free 30-minute call. So if they want to talk to me about whatever it is, whether it's their speaking business or their, you know, author business or, you know, how do you get your message out there in a bigger way, I'd be happy to chat with them and talk more about that. And then if there's anything that, you know, I have that will work for them, then, you know, we can we can look at that. So, yeah. Well Uh, all the information of Kelly is going to be in the description box, guys. Uh, it is going to be uh, here in, in Facebook Live and at the same time in YouTube. And you can find her contact information um, and all this information that she just gave us in there so you can get a hold on her. And we will just add uh, her her schedule so like that you can book a call with her too. And I really, really recommend her. I have taken some of her classes and I became one of the best-selling authors thanks to Kelly. And I really appreciate that, that I never imagined in my life that I was 
going to be one of the best-selling authors. <laughs> yeah, and you, you are just your story is so fantastic, Monica, and I'm so proud of you for sharing your story because I know that you know it can be so hard sometimes for people to share their stories, and you did it. You put your book out there, and you put your story out there, and now you're a best-selling author. And you know, I just love the work that you do, and thank you for being so empowering because you're an amazing woman. You really are. Oh, you too. You're beautiful in every yeah. single way you are. And I really <laughs> appreciate you. Thank you, Kelly. Well, thank you. You're amazing. Well, the next week we have in Soul Talk, we have Aurora Light at 7 p.m. in Soul Talk. And she is a conscious creator and voice activator coach. And I highly recommend you to, to, to check that podcast with her and uh, we also have our donations uh, for Soul Talk and you can have the PayPal that we really appreciate it so like that we can pay um, all the apps that we actually need to get it out that information and also I have uh, five spaces available for coaching and uh, two spaces for couple coaching and you can find also that information in the description box and you can contact me in there Kelly Thank you so much, and I, I really appreciate you, and thank you for making this time. You are very, very welcome, and thank you for the honor of being on your show. Thank you for joining me today. I would love to share with you my transformational system, Path to the Heart, that I created just for you. Head over to monicaramireswarrioflove.com, and you will find free resources in there you can download a masterclass and help to stop being people pleaser and meditations to get you started.